Hey, welcome to Rushcast. I'm Jay Mantis. Thanks for thanks for being here and thanks for listening as usual. We've been doing a lot of good things, a lot of people participating in the conversation, and I like that. Keep it up. Last time I asked you a question in our digital discussion, and we'll get into the results of that, and I'll pose a new question for you to respond to. I've been trying really hard to get some some more uh, personalities close to the band on the show. And we're getting closer. Uh, we're reaching out to a lot of different people. I don't want to tell you who those people are because I don't get them. But if I do, you will find out shortly after I know that they'll be on the show. Some people that you might not expect... And definitely people you haven't heard from before. You know, Donna was one of my favorite people to have on the show. And I would have her on again in a heartbeat. But you guys have heard from Donna. You've heard from um, plenty of people. I don't think you had heard from Jacob Sakelli. It'd be a very popular episode just because no one had heard from Jacob before and his take on being with the band so i'm trying to get people like that that once you hear about them you'll go oh i know why he or she is on the show but i haven't heard from this guy i want to know about his relationship with rush and their music one song i've really been digging lately this week digital man um maybe it's because i cut together our little um background music for our digital discussion segment and I was really listening to it a lot but it really hit me how representative that song is of Alex's playing in Rush as a whole so Alex has always had this reputation as the guy who stays out of the way you know it's a three-piece band but these synthesizers start showing up and Alex does a really good job of not being a stereotypical rock guitarist. I don't think the guys in ACDC are people that would have that kind of discipline. <laughs> and and that's no knock on ACDC. I love ACDC. But most rock bands don't have guitarists with that kind of ability. So Digital Man is, is a really good example of Alex playing minimally. He's, it's a minimalistic approach to the guitar. While the rest of the song is doing other things, Alex is playing only what's necessary. However, he's able to say so much with so few chords and notes. Um, and I've always said that Digital Man contains one of the best guitar solos Alex has ever done. I've always said that. Uh, you can go back to our guitar, our guitar solos episode where we ranked him, and I... I'd be that was a long time ago, but I'd be that Digital Man was at the worst top ten, maybe a lot higher than that even for my ranking. And last episode, I said that you know there's this perception that Alex's tone is always dripping with chorus, is what somebody said, dripping with delaying chorus. And I said maybe yeah, the delay, I get it, but I've never known him to be chorus guy, and. However, Digital Man is an example of when he's just layered. He's dripping with chorus, and I get that. You might be able to argue that whole album had a lot of chorus on it, but Digital Man for sure was very uh, chorus-heavy, so I'll give him that. You know, there are I didn't say there are times when he never used... You know, I didn't say 
Alex never uses chorus. I, I didn't say that. I didn't mean that. But I didn't. I don't think that defined his guitar legacy. I don't think he's known as chorus guy. I think he's known as knows his place guy and can play his brains out. You know, he's not the face melter, except for, like, Analog Kid and stuff like that. I love the guy. I could talk about him all day. So the Foo Fighters bring on a fan to the stage recently. This is, I just saw this this morning. must have been last night. During one of their shows to sing Tom Sawyer. So they bring this guy, Brian, up. And I watched the video, and I I thought it was funny. You know, the band kind of plays through it the song and it's not the exact arrangement and they skip some stuff but whatever uh and i thought it was interesting how you could to sing rush well in the perception of other fans it's like you don't have to hit the right notes you just have to screech like a lot of people can't do the screech thing so he's up there and he's like he's singing the all the correct words and and the timing is right and the rhythms are right but he's not quite hitting the notes he'll just he'll be like Oh, these notes get higher. I'll just screech as high as I can. And each time he screeched, the crowd went nuts. As if to say, hey man, we like the fact that you can sing as high as Getty. Now, they're not the right notes. None of the, the pitches are not correct. But he's screeching and he's in that range. And oftentimes he would go higher than the notes Getty actually sang. And I'm not, I'm not sitting here like... I'm, I'm not here to rip him apart and tell him that he did a bad job because I thought it was really cool. And even for me, like, if, like, the more towards the music snob side, side of things where it's like, oh, that pitch was a semitone flat and, and all that uh, junk, it was cool to see him screech. <laughs> like, I, I can't do that. I can't, I can't go that high even if I wanted to purposely not hit the notes. So... Uh, it was interesting. If you haven't seen that video, it's on Rush's band and all those sites. Uh, it's interesting to see that all he has to do is screech to get the crowd's approval. Uh, pretty interesting. So last week's digital discussion, I wanted to know what your top three albums were. If you can have, if we can collectively agree there are three albums that are tied for first as your favorite album, then what are those three? Uh, mine are Counterparts, Power Windows, and Snakes and Arrows. And we'll get to that in a second, something interesting there. I had 26 entries via Twitter, email, and some audio responses. So thank you for participating. Not so many surprises in our top few. Um, Moving Pictures won with 12 votes. Power Windows was second with nine. And I told you last episode, I think Power Windows will be in the top three in this ranking. Uh, and I think that's as of late. Power Windows, people have really started to come around and go, oh yeah, this is like the best. It's a fantastic record. And maybe that's due to how much it's been played live where people see that the band really likes that album as well. So Power Windows second with nine. Third was Hemispheres with eight. And fourth was Permanent Waves. So Moving Pictures, Power Windows, Hemispheres, Permanent Waves. Kind of a, a narrow window there in their career. Um, and of course we can argue that was their, their best time is that window from power windows down to hemispheres was like a chunk of their best stuff, arguably. And of course they're different bands, you know, from clockwork angels to 
Vapor Trails, they are such a different band than they were when they wrote Hemispheres or Permanent Waves. So it, it is tough to um, compare these things. I had a lot of moving pictures conversations over the last week as people responded. And uh, Dylan Bonneau from uh, our Setless Challenge winner from a few episodes ago, he said to me, quote, moving pictures, seven perfect songs. Don't even try to deny it. And then he moved on. And I responded with uh, my retort towards those moving pictures comments. And I said, well, I guess I am going to try to deny it because I don't agree. I don't agree there's seven perfect songs. I, while I think Moving Pictures is a great album as a, as a whole, right? Like, we all agree that it's got a really good collection of songs. Uh, for what it was at the time, it was amazing. It's a good balance, like Donna Halper told us, a, a balance between the prog stuff and uh, the underground side of Rush and the mainstream. I don't think that second side holds up. I think the camera eye is great. I think Vital Signs is second on that side, and I I think Witch Hunt is last. While I love every song on Moving Pictures, it's all about context. Moving Pictures is like a dessert table, right? Vanilla ice cream is great. If, uh, If you ate nothing but spinach, raw spinach and water chestnuts for three days... Three meals a day. Water chestnuts, raw spinach. You would love, like, like vanilla ice cream would just be gold, right? It would be the best. You couldn't wait to just eat some vanilla ice cream. However, you go to a family reunion, and or an Italian family reunion like mine that I went to recently, and there are three tables filled with 50 families worth of dessert contributions. Now there's a there's a freezer with vanilla ice cream in it, but then there's this table with chocolate cannolis and mocha cream whipped cream sugary cakes and lemon pie and chocolate pudding pie and all of these fruit things. I don't even know what they're called. And you're not going to go for the vanilla ice cream. You're not going to go for the, the platter of cookies where you can't even see the chocolate chips. You're not going to go for the brownies. You're going to go for all that elaborate stuff. The stuff that kills you faster. That's what side two of mo- or those two tracks. I'll leave the camera eye out of it. That's what Witch Hunt and Vital Signs are for me. They're the vanilla ice cream. Vanilla ice cream is awesome. But when I have those others, the chocolate cream pie is like the red barchetta you know, of the album, and YYZ is whatever, you know, I think for me, it'd be lemon pie, oh yeah, my mom makes the most killer lemon pie, and it's like the YYZ of desserts, you see where I'm getting at, like, like, Acuras are amazing, if, you know, I'm driving a 2000 Subaru Outback, and I see a new Acura drive by, and I'm like, oh yeah, that is a sharp looking car, It's fast, it's luxurious, it's beautiful on the inside and the outside. It's uh, expensive in context. And Acura compared to my 15-year-old Subaru is amazing. However, if all of my buddies have Ferraris, 
and we're going to go to the track a couple hours away, go to the track, and do some road racing. My Acura is a piece of junk, right? Not to say Witch Hunt and Vital Signs are junk. I'm just saying, in context, I think those two songs suffer a little bit from their neighbors, their brothers and sisters on the album. They're right next to Juggernauts. Five Juggernauts in a row, and then I get Witch Hunt. (laughs) And I know people love Witch Hunt. People probably think that that should be up there, or it is up there with the other Juggernauts. Just not for me. That's why I don't think Moving Pictures is just the best. For, you know, Power Windows, you start with Power Windows, Big Money, fantastic, right? I love Big Money. Grand Designs is a sleeper, in in some people's eyes. For the big fans, we know it's not a sleeper, but it's amazing. And that album never dips to me. It never it never says, all right, here's the weaker part of the album. You, I can't do it. You go down to Middletown Dreams. I'm not going to tell you Middletown Dreams is worse than Big Money or lower I, I, a motion detector, I, I, I can't do it, and talking about guitar solos, like, the whole album is just riddled with the best guitar solos, and again, we did that episode, I had, I had big money first, but I had to put that over Marathon, a motion detector, Middletown, like, it's just so difficult, and like I said, Power Windows, Power Windows never dips, I don't think Counterparts ever dips, well, Snakes and Arrows, I think, definitely has some up and down, as in, you know, these are stronger songs, these are weaker songs. I don't think they're that far away from each other, like moving pictures. This is just me, so, you know, don't be coming from my head. I just, this is just how I feel about moving pictures. I also think it's about context within the grand scheme of things, all of the songs they've written. So let's compare Witch Hunt and Vital Signs to every Rush song. Let's forget about the album organization part of it. Now we have Witch Hunt going up against Time Stand Still. I mean, I, that, that's a comparison that I think is ridiculous. Some of you might say, what are you talking about? You're going to compare anything on moving pictures to hold your fire? But, you know, Far Cry versus Vital Signs, we're talking about two very different desserts to me. Far Cry... Caravan and Witch Hunt, that's like that's like chocolate cream pie versus like uh raisin bread <laughs> to me. You know, those are very, very different things. Well, I love raisin bread. Eh. By the way, I said this to somebody I was having a mover, moving pictures conversation with. Tom's and I said it kind of as a jab at the end of the conversation. I'm like Oh, by the way, Tom Sawyer is the weakest on the first side of the album. Bye. <laughs> it is. It was to me. Like, Tom Sawyer, Red Barchetta, YYZ, and Limelight, I think, is the order of the first side. And of those four, I'm going to put Tom Sawyer at the bottom. Maybe it's because I've heard it too much, and it's too mainstream, and it's been made fun of so much, right? I've got a, one of my favorite drummers when I was doing my undergrad would always joke with me um he wasn't the biggest he wasn't the biggest rush fan he or neil peart fan he was a jazz drummer you know and he would always come up to me and go oh hey today's tom soy it was always tom soy and he he heard from another buddy this is funny 
So the only couple of Rush songs he's ever been exposed to, or that he likes to tease me about, the Tom Sawyer and one of his other percussionist friends was playing when they were hanging out once, played Neurotica from Roll the Bones. So he called me later and he was like, I was at Alex's house and there was this Rush song. He said it was Rush and it was like the weirdest thing I've ever heard. I said, what was it? He's like, he goes, it's the Nautica, the Nautica. That's, that's how he explained what Neurotica sounded like to me. And that's been a joke between the two of us. It's just, you know, all Rush is. You can you can categorize categorize Rush into the Tom Soye and the Neurotica. Those were the two standouts of their career, which is laughable. So that concludes part one of this episode. We had to do something a little bit different in this one. We had to split it up because we're running out of space. I always hoped Rushcast would be a thing that you could listen to where I didn't ask you for money, but a lot of you have written in and said you want longer episodes and you want more frequent episodes. Uh, so I started, we're going to do a Kickstarter. If we raise a hundred bucks, then I can have unlimited space on the server and our episodes can go as long as they want and we can have as many as we want. I'm not promising they will be much longer than an hour because I don't, I don't want to do episodes longer than an hour. I think they get, they episodes that long never get finished um but anyway we're gonna do uh the kickstarter is gonna start for and it'll go a couple weeks if i can raise the 100 dollars, then we will release at least once a week they'll be around an hour long and my favorite thing will be higher quality audio the audio will sound better because right now i've been compressing these uh these episodes to get them to fit they get the more you compress them the smaller the file size but they sound completely awful i'd like higher quality audio so uh you'll see the kickstarter on my twitter rushcast2112 and yeah if you donate there's uh some rewards on there if you donate a certain amount of money you get to come on and do your own show and and uh, if you donate even more, you get to come on our show and do a, a, a guest spot on Knickerbocker, our sister podcast with uh, Kevin and I. So look for that. And I I was really bummed to split this episode up because it was a great episode. Jason Vaughn comes on later and we have a really nice discussion. Um, I build on some of the stuff I talked about earlier. I, you know... I know everybody's going to hate me for the moving pictures stuff, but it's just trying to be interesting. So donate if you can, and if if we don't make the 100 bucks, then we'll just keep it as it is. We'll, do, we'll keep doing shorter episodes. I'll take that as a hint. Um, I would love to just pay for it myself, but I am going back to school in a couple of weeks to start grad school. And so I'm, once again, an unemployed full-time student, and that's hard to do. All right, look for part two soon and donate if you can. Thanks.